Glad you guys are here. If this is your first family dinner, can you raise your hand? First one you've ever come. How about that? If it's going to be your last family dinner, don't raise your hand. You can let us know later. Thank you all for coming, particularly if it's your first time. I know it's not the, I don't know if it's hard or not to show up and wonder where am I going to sit and who's going to, am I going to be able to eat the food. I don't know if that's difficult or not, but I really appreciate you all coming out. Uh, a school night for many of you, work night for all of you, uh, and giving us some time. I do appreciate it, and I hope you've able to, been able to make some connections um, around your table. I told the guys last night, this is not my sweet spot at all. I kind of need a Bible to feel comfortable, and doing this, is I'm not really good at it, and one of the things is I'm, I wind up hurting people's feelings unintentionally. I'm going to mention some people in some ministry areas that I'm thankful for, but I'm not going to mention everything. And so, if I don't mention you, this is me from the front saying, I appreciate you, and I'm thankful for you. I love you, and I'm so glad that you come to church here. That's what I need. Is that Tom Williams? No. Who is that? Drew Cosgrove. I love you, too. So, we're here. So, is everybody good? <laughs> that should get something. <laughs> what, what? No. Uh, verbally. That's a verbal hug. This is my safe distance. I did just read something. Are y'all mistletoe people? You know how many bacteria are exchanged in a kiss? Guess. Somebody guess. What'd you say? 80 million. Stay away from the mistletoe. <laughs> it's a gateway drug. <laughs> All right, a couple of things I would like to uh, share. Again, I am thrilled. We've got a great staff. You heard from them. Wonderful. Love working with them. We've got a group of ministry elders who work with families, small groups, missions, and pastoral care. They do a great job. They've got a very nebulous job description to love our leaders and help pastor our people, and they do a great job with, within the confines of that um, really executing. We've got four administrative elders who help keep the ship on the seas. That doesn't make sense. They help keep the car on the road, and uh, it's really good. I was telling the guys last night, we just finished our last our budget for next year. It was the least painful process we've had so far. I feel like those guys, you remember when you were a toddler, your parent, like trying to, your parents trying to get you to eat vegetables, and they're like, open wide, here comes the airplane. I feel like that's what they're doing with us with the budget. They're trying all these different ways to get us to, okay, we'll do one now. So really appreciate those guys and their grace to, towards us, and we do. It's, it's wonderful. I feel like we've got a strong foundation moving forward next year for ministry. Obviously, if our, if our organization is not healthy, then it very much affects uh, what we're trying to do ministry-wise. So four things I was thinking about this year. This is not everything. It's just four things that I was thinking about. Refer to my earlier statement. Um, if, you're, if your thing is not included here. One of the things I am thankful for, and I've, um, I don't know if I've ever said this before, what is our financial situation? Our, I have a kindergartner, and in his class, he's green, so that's good. Yellow, little mistake. Red, not good. And then there's blue which is the color of the lights on the police car. When that, that's for that one. 
And so our, our elders have created this chart for, like, a, just for us, just a stoplight. If we have 90 days cash on hand, so that means if we have enough money in the bank that we can operate for 90 days without getting anything in, that's green. And if we have 75 days, that's yellow. And if we have 60 days, that's red. On April 30th, we had 39 days. So that's over here in the blue category for us. And it was, you know, that, that's the, the worst shape that we've ever been in. And we had a meeting with all of our elders, and we talked, and we prayed, and we're all guys. And so there's definitely a little bit of how do we fix this. But that wasn't the dominant theme at all. It was interesting to me being in that meeting listening. Um, and what came out of it was not you've got to do a sermon series on giving or we need to shake people down when they're leaving. None of those things. We give away 10% of everything that comes in, and nobody said stop giving. Nobody did. What they said was, why don't you just let people know where we are? That's what they said. Just let them know. And so the next Sunday, I just let everybody know and said, here's, here's where we are. And since May 1st, and we had 39 days, now on November 19th, we have over 80. That's a huge increase in a very short period of time. And for me, what was so great about all of that, one of the guys um, specifically said, you always ask us, what is God trying to do through your circumstances? So I'm going to ask you the same thing. What is God trying to say to you through these circumstances? And what do you think he's trying to say to us as a body? And a couple of things that I pulled away. One of the things is I hate talking about our church on Sundays. I don't think people come to hear about Stonebridge. They come to hear about Jesus. And, and that is true. But I never talked about our church, and I realized it's okay to let people know what's going on. That's not, it's not terrible on a Sunday to take some time and say, this is what's going on, and to give people an opportunity to respond. Another thing for me was I realized we had divorced giving from worship. We just passed a bucket, and we never said anything, and I don't, it, I don't know that it was good or bad, but it definitely was not, um, there wasn't very much emphasis. There wasn't a lot of intentionality. There was not this sense that giving is one of the ways that we worship the Lord, and we reworked our worship around that idea that worship is response, and giving is one way we respond, and dedicating our kids is one way, and going on mission trips is one way, and doing our deal is one way, and singing is one way. And so it, for me, it's given this much broader picture of what worship is, and all of that came from a not good financial situation. So our goal, so moving forward, we want to get to 90 days. I'm confident we'll be there by the end of the year. And then we'll just kind of keep going from there. There's some things that we want to do in terms of thinking about church planting that we'll be able to enact after we get to that 90-day mark, which, again, I would imagine we'd be there by the end of the year. And so hopefully that's something we can begin to save towards helping a church get started in the near future. The second thing I was thinking about was small groups and small group leaders. I've always felt like um, relationships are the best context for long-term growth. People need to be in life-giving relationships if they're going to grow and develop over time. Um, I don't think I've ever really looked at our small groups with this level of detail. Though I was thinking on Easter, if that's your high watermark, if everybody who says, that's my church, comes on Easter, we had 492 adults this Easter. So round up, we had 500 people would say, Stonebridge is my church. And I was curious how many of those people are in small groups. And asked Kim, and she looked, and we have 25 adult small groups, and we have, what is it, 302 adults in small groups, which is pretty good. 
That's about 60%, which is really good. And just for comparison, there are 304 people come to church on average on a Sunday across our three services. So we've got just about as many people in small groups during the week as we have coming to church on a Sunday morning. And so that's really good. And it's not just for me the fact that people are in groups. The groups are really solid. Our small group ministry elders did the, a great job with training and orientation this year. We had the best small group leader training we've ever had. I feel like our small group leaders have a clear understanding of what we want them to do, and I feel like they're better equipped to do that. My goal moving forward, we'll do small group launch again in January, is I would love us to have 75%. I don't, there's always going to be people who can't, and there are always going to be people who are in groups or life-giving relationships outside of Stonebridge, which I'm fine with. But my goal would be for us to have 75% of the people who say Stonebridge is my church uh, in a small group, uh, a Stonebridge small group. So that's 375, so we're whatever that is, 72, 73 people off. And so as you're praying, I told the guys last night, I don't normally do this, but I'm kind of looking at this 90-day prayer window from um, kind of November 13th to February 13th. Those are my parameters. And as you think about Stonebridge, and as you think about me, the things I'm sharing, those are, that's what I want you praying about. I want you to pray. You can pray about the finances that we get to 90 days. You can pray that we would have 75 people, or 75 more people sign up for small groups. Another thing I was thinking about, this is much more anecdotal. 12 or 18 months ago, I was hearing, it's not, Stonebridge isn't that friendly. When we started, that was a common theme, was it felt like family, people felt warmed and or felt uh, invited and welcomed in. But we went through this stage where that wasn't the case. And I, I, can, I still remember the comment. Somebody said, if you're going to go to church there, you better know how to swim. Because they're not going to help you. And that's no good. I've said before, I don't mind if people leave because they don't like us. But I don't want anybody to leave because they think we don't like them. And that's what the vibe that we were giving off. And so we kind of step back and said, what's going on? Where are we missing people? How, are, how is it that folks are not feeling connected in? And we created this little thing. I don't know if you can see that. It's just a process for us. Many of you haven't seen this. We showed this at our welcome reception. This is, that's where we use this primarily, which is to help folks who are interested in the church say, here's what it looks like if you want to connect. And it, as simple as that is, it actually has been helpful for folks because they can see, oh, this is what it looks like to connect and plug in at Stonebridge. And so we've been using this. Heather Ligler, uh, some of you know her, created that graphic for us. It's been very helpful in these, the past couple of welcome receptions that we've done. We've seen uh, Kim has asked small groups to help with hospitality, to kind of beef up our hospitality on Sunday mornings, and that's been wonderful. And we're hearing it. When I, I send everybody who visits who fills out a card an email, and what they're saying is... We felt loved, we felt welcomed, we felt invited, it felt like home to us. Whether they come back or not, they're, they're experiencing family here, which is wonderful. And that's y'all, and I appreciate the fact that y'all are so warm and inviting to people. One thing I would love to see, or two things I'd actually love to see moving forward, I would love if we had some folks who would work in that parking lot. If you're a guest, this is not easy to navigate. Do I pay to park? Do I... Is this lot okay? Is that lot okay? One of our um, Good Friday services, I walked out, and some folks who came for the first time, they walked out, and they were like, where's my car? And I just happened to walk out with them, and I, I said, what? they said, where's our car? They parked up here behind the 
just killing time. And I said, it's, it's gone. <laughs> they tow. It was, this was Good Friday, their first time here. And it was their, I believe it was their anniversary weekend because they were, they were going on, they were leaving to go somewhere after. No good, huh? And thankfully, the, the police, the guy, the policeman who was on duty that day was super nice and he kind of was able to help them get their car back. But that's just, it's just no good. It's, this is, there's some things that are not easy to navigate. And I would love if we had some folks who would work in the parking lot um, Sunday morning just to help direct traffic so people who are new would know it's okay to park here, it's not okay to park there, you don't need to pay, and help people find the doors. The other thing I would love is if we had people in here to greet. Y'all might not know this, but people who are guests get here early. They come at like 10 till. And they just sit there and wait. I've actually had people sit, and they sit for a few minutes, and they come back and say, do y'all, do y'all have services? And Yeah, we will. Just not yet. So, if you're someone who actually, for some of you, it, I'm just, I don't care what time you come. I'm just glad you're here. And I know for some of you, it's a, like, it is a miracle that you make it at all. And that is, you don't feel bad, you come at whatever time. When I stand up and speak and I see people coming in the door at 945, it's fine. We're just glad you're here. But some of you can make it 10 minutes early. Some of you can, some of you can't, but some of you can. If that's you, if you know, you know what, I could be there at 10 till. And if you're the kind of person who's fine initiating a conversation, I would love for you to say, you know, I'll do that. I'll be in this room and I will... See folks who are here early, most likely they're new if they're here early, and I will go up and talk to them. And I will carry on a conversation with them and help bridge that awkward five or eight or ten minutes between when they get here and when something actually starts to happen. So if that's you, if you know you can get here early and you're the type of person who can connect with new people, seek him, and we would love for you uh, to sign up to do that. Last thing, and this got me in a bit of trouble Last night, I don't know how to say this delicately, so I'm just going to plow ahead. And you remember again my opening statement. I am thankful for our older people. And you can decide. You're one of them. <laughs> I was telling the I was I told uh, Misty, my wife, I was like, I don't know why. Sometimes I don't know why anyone comes to church here. I particularly don't know why people who are maybe my stereotype, people who are maybe 60 or why do you come? The music is so loud. Bo doesn't tuck his shirt in. You were my sixth grade Sunday school teacher. So I'm like, why are you here? Why do you choose to come to a church like this? We're, and I'm so thankful that y'all are here. And the thing that um, I love, and I'm picking on three guys in particular, Warren Weber, Bucky Smith, and Richard Wannell, and then his wife, Celia, to see, and they have teams, it's not just them, but the way they've grabbed on to this idea of doing your deal, they, every one of these folks is at a point in their life where they could do whatever they wanted. And Bucky and Richard are, are retired, and they're choosing to serve. Bucky started a, a day of healing prayer. Warren started a night of healing prayer. Richard does this ministry called Act 6, and he's got this whole team of folks who are here on Mondays and Thursdays, and they help people off the street get birth certificates and IDs and prescriptions. Celia pulled that whole library together and they've expanded beyond them. I don't know how many folks you've got, 10 or 12 people helping. 
it's wonderful to see these folks who, again, they could do whatever they wanted, and they're choosing to give their time in service to others. And for me, there's something, there's something there for us. You know, many of us, there, a lot of us, are, we're not there in life. We're running around. We've got carpool. And there, there's things that we have that kind of fill up our time. But I think there's something inspirational about seeing folks who could do something else. Being at a church that's not necessarily even geared in their direction, jumping in and saying, where can I serve? How does God want to use me? I may be retired from my job. I'm not retired from the kingdom. And recognizing there's still stuff that they have to give. And so thank you all. And my hope moving forward is that some of what we see in them, we can figure out what does that look like translated into our life. So what does it look like if I'm single? To do? What does it look like if I'm a newlywed? What does it look like with young kids, with elementary school kids? What, what does it look like for me to pursue the things that God has for me and to even be willing to shape my life around those things to some degree? So thank you guys for being here. I really do appreciate it. Last thing, and this is super um, nebulous. I was telling Bo when I was sitting back there, said, you were really vague last night, and it's because I didn't decide to share this until I was standing up here. Last night, and so this is all very vague um, for me. But I do want you to pray with me about this. Again, I've kind of given myself a thirty-day, a ninety-day window to hopefully get some clarity. I've been frustrated for probably um, twelve to eighteen months, low grade, and I've been God. What's going on? What are you doing? I'm a little confused about what's happening, kind of on a macro. Level, And I've been trying to work through some of those things, and I'm feeling generically hopeful. I'm not hopeful around anything specific, but I'm hopeful kind of in a generic sense that things are beginning to move and shift. And what I'm asking is for y'all as family, just to, if you think of me and if you think of our church, pray over these next 90 days for clarity. That's the major thing that I want. One of the things that is a big fear for me is that we would just be a good church. I don't, that's not why God planted us here. I think we are a good church. I think in some ways we're a really good church. We've got a thriving children's ministry. You heard about our students and worship. We've got people doing their deals. There's some good things happening. But for me, that's not, that's not the end. I want our community to be changed. And I don't want being a good church or a very good church to get in the way of seeing our community transformed. And I think that's kind of this, this stirring in my heart is, are we, what does that look like for us to intentionally go after community transformation? I've mentioned before on Sundays, um, I'm 39, I'll be 40, February 13th. That's where that kind of back end of that um, 90 days is for me. And I was talking to a friend of mine who's a missionary, and he was with an African lady uh, during his, around when he turned 40, and she was saying, oh, a custom for us tribally, is when we turn 40, we have a huge celebration, and then we have a baby. So I'm not doing that, because we have four. There will be a doctor sued if we have a baby, because that's all supposed to be taken care of medically for us. But this guy told me, I'm writing a book. That's my baby. And he's kind of setting aside time two days a week to write a book. And so I've been thinking about that for me. Like, what's What's the baby for me? And as I've thought about that and some of my kind of frustration or what concerns around are we really going after community transformation or are we settling for just being a good church, 
there's a passage in First Chronicles, there's a parallel passage in Second Samuel, I'm not, maybe 20, where uh, there's a list, and it's David's mighty men. That's, there's this list of 37 guys, and there's probably more. There's this list of 37 guys, and they're all studs. And you read what the, the description of some of these guys, and one guy kills 300 guys, and another guy kills a lion in a pit on a snowy day, and kills an Egyptian who's seven and a half feet tall. It's just these warrior, fierce, bold, brave, faithful guys who do these, they just do these mighty deeds. And this is what I'm thinking. Like, I'm wondering if that's the baby for me. Like, I want my, if if my name was Joe, I would still want David's mighty men. It's because it's in the Bible. It's not because my name is David. I'm not looking for an army for me at all. But I am, I think, looking for a group of men and women who say, let's do something. And it's not for everybody, but let's, give me a, let's do something. Whether it seems significant or trivial, what I'm doing is I'm saying, I'm going to begin to shape my life intentionally around doing something that moves in the direction of community transformation. I don't know for sure that that's the thing, but that's what I would encourage you to pray about. That's what I would ask you to pray about over the next 90 days is that God would begin to bring some clarity for me around all of this. And uh, if that's it, if it's not, well, let's kick it and find something better. But if that's it, what does that begin to look like for us as a church to, to have some mighty men and women who are intentionally saying, let's do something. Let, whether Again, whether the things that we're doing seem mighty or not, our hearts are set on seeing our community transformed, and we're intentionally moving in that direction. So that's all I've got to share. Again, thank you guys so much for being here. Again, those of you, if this is your first one, so happy that you came. Anyone who feels left out, you remember, I love all of you. Thankful for all of you. Glad that you're all here. If, if you do not have children here and you've got some extra time, We would love for you to help us set up. We've got a wedding in here this weekend. It would bless the bride if we uh, could set up for her in some ways. That would be wonderful. So we're going to take these chairs out and set up a center aisle and all those things that brides want. Otherwise, grab your food, grab your children, and um, let me pray for us. I'll pray us out. God, I do thank you for these folks. I thank you for this church. I thank you for how faithful you are to me. You're more than faithful. God, you always give more than we can ask or imagine. And I I thank you for that. And I pray as we enter into a time of Thanksgiving and Christmas, I pray that your presence would be full and rich in every home represented here. God, I pray that this would be a wonderful Thanksgiving and a terrific Christmas for the folks here because your presence is infusing their home and infusing their actions, infusing their hearts. God, I pray that as a church, that you would lead us forward into whatever's next. Any conceptions I have that are wrong, I just get rid of them. Any places where we're moving in the right direction, I pray that you would confirm that. God, and we would continue to see you working through us, not for us, but so that this community is transformed and that your son is glorified. In Jesus' name, amen.